Trigger warning. The following episode contains references to Gore Human suffering Mental conditions Death Factual inaccuracies Several entitled people making light of all these things. If any of the aforementioned topics cause you discomfort, you may want to listen to a different episode. Well, hell, if you think the opera singer breaking the glass with her voice is impressive, you should see what my kid can do to two sheets of metal. I'm Andy. Lately, these human sacrifices aren't hitting the mark. Can we give them a little inspiration? I'm Kelly. My speakers have a lot more mad science applications than I thought they would. I'm Adam. Fish farts, the best red herring the Soviets ever got. I'm Sean, and this is Acid Pop. Hello, everyone, and welcome back. Today, we're going to be talking about sound. What? Ironically. What? I can't hear you. <laughs> Sounds interesting. Ooh. So etymology, sound comes from Latin sonare, which means to make noise. Or Norse sund, meaning narrow channel of water. <laughs> it's less apical to our conversation. There is an appropriate phobia, phonophobia, from Greek phone, meaning sound, which we learned about in our smartphone episode. And this can be expressed in a number of ways, including fear of loud sounds, specific sounds, voices, or even one's own voice. Oh, weird. Yeah. All of those sound rough to me. So I'm glad I don't have any of those. So the simple definition of sound I could find was an audible wave, which makes sense. Sound is just a type of shock wave that our ears can interpret. Sound waves are measured in frequency, or the space between the waves, and amplitude in the height of the waves. Okay. And that is our science for sounds. I measure sound wave and how many transformers I have. <laughs> <laughs> we're on to our acid pop quiz. True or false, sound moves faster through water than air. I think I've is heard that, that before. I mean, it, it sounds plausible. Um, there's something about sound and water where it's better somehow. And I feel like I'm missing out. <laughs> I'm going to say false. That sounds... I can't hear well underwater. So. <laughs> so this is true. Sound moves through air at around 760 miles per hour or 1200 kilometers per hour. But the stiffer the medium, the faster the sound moves. It travels four times faster through water. And it would travel 35 times faster if you could conduct it through diamond, Whoa. which would be about 27,000 miles per hour or 43,000 kilometers per hour. That's why I got those diamond speakers. Yeah, I've always said I need a diamond <laughs> megaphone. Yeah. Because you want to be heard very quickly? Yes. <laughs> Humans can hear between 20 and 20,000 hertz. There are sounds outside of that range that other animals can hear. And the question is, there is, in fact, no limit to the range of sounds. I'm going to say false. It's, it seems like there'd be like a... I think there's probably a limit. Upper or lower limit on everything. But if I can't hear it, is it really a sound? <laughs> Good question. It seems like there should be a limit, so I'm going to say there isn't one. <laughs> So I got mixed reports on lows, but there is definitely a limit on high-pitched sounds, and it's pretty interesting. So there's at least a limit on one side. 
So the thing is, sound is just the vibration of a medium when you get down to it. So if you have a frequency that is shorter than the distance between the molecules of your medium, the wave can't propagate. So the width of the molecules of your medium limit the size of your sound waves. Interesting. Ah. We need just some big old chunky molecules. (laughs) (laughs) So true or false, there are no limits to the volume of sounds. I feel like that one's true. Yeah. I mean, just get louder and louder and eventually destroy the world. Yeah. I'm going to be on team no limits again. (laughs) So this is false in the opposite direction. There comes a point when a vibration is so slight it doesn't count anymore, but there is theoretically no limit to how loud a sound could get. In the right medium, that is. In air, once a sound hits around 194 decibels, the air is vibrated so much it leaves a vacuum, which kills the wave. (laughs) It implodes on itself. (laughs) Yeah. And an important note about decibels is that the scale is logarithmic. So for every 10 units, it doubles. So 20 decibels is twice as loud as 10, but 30 decibels is four times as loud as 10. Uh, Math. Yeah, (laughs) Yeah. I I just completed calculus. Don't you say logarithm around me. (laughs) It's triggering Andy. (laughs) A hundred decibels is 512 times louder than 10 decibels. So up around 160 decibels will render you deaf. So 194 <laughs> is a lot. It's hard to form a vacuum in water, so you can, you can crank the decibels even higher in water. You crank it up to 11. Yeah. And some physicists have theorized that if you found the right medium and something powerful enough to make the shockwave, a 1,100 decibel sound would literally rip the fabric of space-time and create a black hole. <laughs> Let's Someone should Perfect. stop those scientists. <laughs> <laughs> Just some guy with a really loud speaker dunking it down into things like, is molasses good enough? <laughs> so true or false, you can weld things together with sound. I want it to be true, so I'm saying true. <laughs> I, yeah, I feel like, you know, it's vibrations and stuff. It could heat things up. I think that yeah, could be I true. Yeah, I like this idea. This is true. Ultrasonic welding has been around since the 1950s. Nice. And you can weld together metals or plastics without the use of other materials. Two objects are held firmly together and specific frequencies of sound are blasted between them. These frequencies cause the materials to melt, joining them together. Nice. Yeah. Pretty cool. (laughs) (laughs) So we're on to our fill in the blank. Humans can hear again between 20 and 20,000 hertz. What are the low and high ranges in the animal kingdom? I'm going to say zero and 40,000. <laughs> yeah, it's going to be ridiculous. Yeah, two and a hundred thousand. Mm. Is it possible to have negatives? I don't think so, but I'm not okay. sure. So I'll go, I'll go with one. What was the human upper limit? 20,000. Uh, 20,000. A hundred thousand. Okay. Well, the lowest I could find was elephants at around five hertz which is a pitch so low that it can easily travel over a mile, allowing elephants to communicate over long distances. <laughs> the highest two I could find were some bats that can hear around 200,000 hertz. Oof. And that's because they're using echolocation. So they're using a super high frequency of echolocation that they can pick up on. And finally, a species of moth that can go up to 300,000 hertz. Moths don't need to hear anything. (laughs) Well, this allows them to not only hear the bats that are trying to echolocate them, 
but they can also communicate in a pitch so high that even the bats can't hear it. Jeez. Saving a lot of bandwidth in the animal kingdom. <laughs> so rude to talk in front of the bats like that. Yeah. But the thing is, these moths, like, I, I don't remember, but their bottom limit was, like, way outside our upper limit. Like, so they can't hear us at all. <laughs> Weird. So there are competitions to see who has the loudest car stereo. How many decibels is the current record holder? So again, at 160, you'll go deaf, and 194 is the loudest you can get in air. 155. <laughs> you don't think anybody's made anybody go deaf with their scar- with their car stereo? <laughs> nope. I think they have. I'm going to say 165. <laughs> I, I'm going to say that all the people in these competitions know the upper limit. <laughs> I'm going to say 140. Craig Butler built a van with just enough room for a driver. The rest of the van is filled with speakers. With three inch or 7.5 centimeter thick glass, a reinforced frame, and a door that closes with pistons, his van can generate 182 decibels inside. Wow. And if you were sitting in it when it did its thing, it would probably kill you. He'd liquefy in the car. Yeah. That's metal. <laughs> So are on to our terms. What's an LRAD? That's the that's the guy who has second place in the loudest car. <laughs> he has it shaved into the back of his hair. What's up, LRAD? So the license plate says too. Some sort of sound wave that is dangerous, like radiation. It's the coolest sound ever played. <laughs> it's like the brown note, but really cool. <laughs> LRAD stands for Long Range Acoustic Device, which sounds like a long-winded way of saying a megaphone, but it is, in fact, a weapon-grade sonic beam. Whoa. (laughs) So this thing looks like a giant puck, but this puck shoots out a column of sound that hits with roughly 150 decibels at a range of 1,000 feet, or 300 (laughs) meters. It's being used to deter pirates at sea. Uh, and when they crank it up, they can blow someone's eardrums and leave them deaf from a hundred yards away. It was wow. invented by Reed Richards in order to help Spider-Man fight Venom. <laughs> just picture the shit pointing it at them and just seeing. <laughs> <laughs> so what is the wave extinguisher? <laughs> what is with all this evil science all of a sudden? <laughs> it's got to be some way you stop sound waves. No, hmm. Yeah, it's it's a counter sound. Yeah. The anti-sound. <laughs> Unsound. No, the, the wave extinguisher is what they call the LRAD. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's like a, it's like the exact opposite sound wave. So it would like even it all out. It's just a really fancy name for those like triangularly things that keep mm. sound booths quiet. Yeah. Well, Seth Robertson and Viet Tran, two electrical engineer students at George Mason University in Virginia, built a device that pumps out bass sounds at just the right frequency to put out fires. It's a dubstep machine. (laughs) Yeah. So this handheld dubstep cannon moves the air to the point where combustion cannot be maintained. (laughs) Nice. So far, it only works on small fires from a pretty close range, but the two have dreams of inventing swarms of drones with these things on so that they can put out (laughs) forest fires without putting humans at risk and without consuming anything except electricity. And with an awesome dance party. (laughs) You're driving driving by a fire and you you see the fire 
firefighters that they're like boom, 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 bang, bang. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you gotta contact Elrad with his car yeah seriously you just drive by forest fires with the pistons going <laughs> boom <laughs> so what is a dolphin attack it is when dolphins make such a high-pitched noise that it stuns a fish and then they can Ooh, gobble out a beezy that's what i was gonna say it's like some sort of concussive sound yeah i think that's when humans use like similar frequencies to dolphins to, i don't know fight crime hmm are getting pretty <laughs> close actually <laughs> So a couple of years ago, some Chinese researchers figured out that while humans can't hear above 20,000 hertz, many of our devices can. So what they did was they recorded Mm -hmm. a command to Siri or Amazon Echo. I'm not going to say her name out loud in case someone's near her. And then they pitched it up higher than people can hear. And the commands still worked. Uh So anything you can tell your device to do, someone else could do it without you knowing. And weird. This technology is called dolphin attack. It's awesome. Does that mean the moths have been talking to the the robots (laughs) the whole time? Could be. So just telling them to turn on the lights though. (laughs) (laughs) So what are nightingale floors? I know this one. Yeah. Nightingale floors floors it's like the the big pianos that you have to like dance on to make them play but it's like your whole floor oh yeah it's the floor that pt barnum cheated on his wife with (laughs) (laughs) i read a book called i think across the nightingale floor Mm. and if i remember correctly this is something in like ancient japan where the floor was built in such a way that anywhere you stepped on it if you didn't know where to step it would sing out. Yeah. So it was a way to deter like assassins and things. Yep. Interesting. Question mark. So yeah, in Japan, floors of certain temples and castles were built with floors that had a nail pressed up against a clamp. So when you stepped on the floorboards, they made a squeak that sounded an awful lot like a nightingale. And legend has it that they built these floors deliberately to keep ninjas from sneaking in. (laughs) Could you imagine if you were just like a butler there though? Yeah. That would be so (laughs) frustrating. (laughs) Well, sure, we did this on purpose. It's not just shoddy craftsmanship. <laughs> it's to deter ninja. <laughs> Ninjas are real. And we have a recording of a nightingale floor to listen to. Yeah, it sounds an awful lot like a... A tweeting bird. Yeah. Or somebody scraping forks across the plate. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> it's a pleasant bird or the worst thing I could think of. <laughs> I think I'd want to be assassinated if that was my floor. <laughs> Everywhere you go. Just trying to sneak in after curfew. God damn it. <laughs> exactly. Like, and I, I think eventually my nightingale floors would be rendered uh, inadequate when I put little stickers on all the boards. Yeah, you'd, you'd have to paint up your house like a quiet place so you knew where to stand. <laughs> so what's the mosquito? It's an endangered the- species and the reason why the, the aliens don't kill us. <laughs> oh, yeah. The mosquito is the... Uh, True cause of malaria, not the humors. <laughs> it's a bug. <laughs> well, those are all true. <clears throat> Even mine? <laughs> so invented in South Wales by Howard Stapleton in 2005, the mosquito is a device that pumps out extremely high-frequency sounds at over 100 decibels. As people age, their range of hearing shrinks, and this device is calibrated to be heard only by people under 25. And it's used to dissuade young miscreants from congregating in places. <laughs> Damn hoodies. <laughs> the retired guy with too much time on his yeah. hands. 
So the use of this device is pretty controversial as it's a strange form of discrimination, but that hasn't stopped the sale of over 3,000 of the things. Wow. But teens have gotten back at the olds by turning the mosquito frequency into a ringtone so that they can hear it in school without their teachers being able to hear. Weird. Clever, clever. Yep. And that concludes our acid pop quiz. So we're on to our stories. To start, I'd like to talk about the loudest sound that ever happened in history. History being the length of time that humans have been writing things down. That's all the history that matters. (laughs) Yep. Well, that's the definition of history. (laughs) On August 27th, 1883, ranchers in Western Australia heard what sounded like two gunshots. They looked around, but they didn't see anything. 700 miles or 1,100 kilometers away in Andaman, people heard what sounded like cannons firing. But again, they didn't see anything. Hmm. Another 1,260 miles or 2,000 kilometers on, the crew of the British ship Norham Castle heard something so loud that half the crew had their eardrums burst by it. Oh, God. So in Australia, they're looking for cowboys. In Andaman, they're looking for pirates. Mm -hmm. And in the next place, they're looking for a monster or something. (laughs) Godzilla. (laughs) So the captain wrote, So violent are the explosions that the eardrums of over half my crew have been shattered. My last thoughts are with my dear wife. I am convinced that the day of judgment has come. (laughs) So what was it? Well, a volcanic island called Krakatoa blew its top. The sailors were 40 miles or 64 kilometers away. Andaman was 1,300 miles or over 2,000 kilometers away. And Australia was just over 3,000 miles or 4,800 kilometers away when Krakatoa blew. And they all heard it. Man. (laughs) Barometers over 100 miles or 160 kilometers away registered a pressure wave of 172 (laughs) decibels. That is the first time. The pressure wave was so loud, they continued to pick up readings as it circled the globe seven times. (laughs) The explosion that generated this wall of sound destroyed two-thirds of Krakatoa Island, and the resulting tsunami created waves 150 feet, or 46 meters tall, that wiped out 165 coastal communities. Jeez. I feel like only two-thirds of the island doesn't seem like enough, though. I feel like there should be nothing left (laughs) of this island. The nearby island of Sebesi had 3,000 people living on it, and none survived the tsunami and the rains of burning ash. (laughs) I wish I had water to put out this ash. (laughs) In total, it's estimated that over 36,000 people died. And this is pretty awesome. Burned skeletons on rafts of pumice washed ashore in Africa up to a year later. Jeez. (laughs) I want to know how many people went deaf. Yeah. (laughs) The temperature dropped by over a degree in Celsius and two degrees Fahrenheit, and the weather around the planet was altered for the next five years. <laughs> and that's about as loud as it gets. So, Stop, uh, Krakatoa. we live next to a volcano. It's <laughs> very true. A couple, actually. <laughs> Maybe we should get it. some better soundproofing. <laughs> <laughs> so next, let's talk about the hum. Do you guys know what this is? I know what humming is. It's the noise I make when I don't want to whistle. Well, it's a relatively new phenomenon, but basically it's a persistent deep humming, often described as an idling diesel engine. Studies are fairly new and not super big, but some suggest that up to 2% of people can hear the hum. Just 
everywhere hmm. all the time? Yeah, here's the thing. The hum what? doesn't seem to have a source. <sighs> Some people who hear it, hear it no matter where they go. Some people only hear it at certain times. Some people only hear it indoors. Now, hearing can differ from person to person, so it's possible that 2% of people can pick up on something that the rest of us can't hear. It's also possible that it's entirely psychological. So one Dr. Glenn McPherson, who experiences the hum, has started a website where people can let him know where they have heard it, and he plots it on a map. His map suggests that it does persist in certain locations, but is this because there really is a noise or because there is a local folklore? See, the Bristol hum, the Taos hum. So, yeah, he, it's uh, it's hard to say whether it's it's real or not. Could it be something like tinnitus? But Yeah, low? yeah, it could be. So, David Bagley, the head of audiology at Addenbrook Hospital in Cambridge, believes that there's a physical source of the hum one out of three times. And the rest of the time, it's people focusing so hard on perceiving sound that they start to hear it even when it isn't there. Ah, yes. But, Hallucinations. Yeah. <laughs> but one of the three ain't bad odds. So what do you do if you suffer from the hum? Do you try to track down the source, meditate, and hope it goes away? If you can convince yourself you can't hear it, did you stop hearing something that wasn't there or train yourself not to hear something that was? <laughs> I don't want to hear it. <laughs> <laughs> the whole concept of the hum is really interesting to me. If a tree falls in the forest and no one was around, it's unclear whether it makes a sound. But what if it fell and 2% of people heard it anyway? Are they crazy or do they have super hearing? <laughs> this one's kind of freaking me out, guys. Yeah. So yeah, hum is... Uh, Anybody hum else is that diesel truck? <laughs> so we actually have a recording of what the hum is supposed to sound like, and it's pretty low. If you play it for me, maybe I'll never stop hearing it's it. It's true. Oh, God. Listen at your own risk. Yeah. Sounds kind of like you, uh, you're idling a diesel engine somewhere far away. It's the encroaching entropy of the universe. That's kind of soothing. <laughs> yeah, until I guess you heard it nonstop every day. I don't know. I just toned I mean, yeah, it out. I it just sort of relaxed me. If I heard that just out of the blue, like for no reason, it's pretty ominous. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I feel like that's the sound they use in paranormal activity. Yeah. I don't know. It sounds a lot like the sound in autumn sleep music. So. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> so you're saying we're training our babies to hear the sound. So next, let's go from a super low sound to super high. Let's talk about tinnitus. Hi. You, I said some of that today. Do you know what this one is? I can hear it right now. Yeah. Well, in case you don't know, this is a persistent high pitch ringing in the ears. There are many levels of severity, but as many as 10% of people report experiencing tinnitus. And it's a problem that people have been trying to solve for a long time. The Egyptians would mix up oil, frankincense, tree sap, herbs, and soil, and then dribble it into your ears. That sounds sticky for my ears. <laughs> the Mesopotamians would chant to silent the whispering in their ears. The voices. Yeah. The Romans would put radishes, cucumber juice, honey, and vinegar in their ears. <laughs> Just make a whole salad in there. This this next one's my favorite. The Welsh would bake up a loaf of bread real hot, split it in two, oh, no. stuff each half in their ears. The hot buns were supposed to make you sweat out whatever was ringing. <laughs> sweat out the ringing. Basically just inventing earplugs. Yeah. Delicious earplugs. I have sourdough earplugs. <laughs> During the Renaissance, they believed that wind got stuck in your head and was whooshing around in there. Get out of there, wind. 
So they would trepanate to get the wind out. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> well, you, gotta, you gotta trepanate to do a lot of things. Yeah, well, I mean, it only makes sense. You gotta make a hole to get that out of there. Yeah. I bet it could get rid of the hum, too. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and the voices. <laughs> so I've even heard stories of people rendering themselves deaf to get rid of the ringing. But here's the thing. For the most part, tinnitus doesn't come from your ears. It comes from your brain. So none of these cures would have worked. Oh, it would be suck to render yourself deaf and yeah. just have the ringing continue, but no other sounds to distract you from yeah. it now. Now you okay. can hear nothing but the ringing. It's one of those genie wishes. <laughs> <laughs> so as you get older, your hearing starts to go. Uh, there's really no getting around it. Sometimes your brain tries to fill in for the sounds it doesn't hear anymore. And for some reason, it decides to fill them with a constant high-pitched shrieking. <laughs> Because your brain hates you. <laughs> My brain isn't very creative. <laughs> Couldn't it like make up a joke or something? <laughs> Try and fill the empty space with awkward conversation. So this ranges from a slight annoyance to a debilitating distraction. People have trouble carrying on conversations and sleeping and often fall into depressions. And there really isn't anything you can do. James Ivor Jones developed tinnitus and sought help. When he was told there really wasn't anything to be done, he found a cliff and jumped off it. Yikes. <laughs> That's one solution, I guess. Yeah. Dan guess it's better than rendering yourself deaf. That one would work. <laughs> Is it? Daniel Derrycutt bought a super nice pair of Bose headphones, developed tinnitus, and hung himself in less than a month. <laughs> <laughs> kind of took a jump there. <laughs> Robert McKindo developed tinnitus after going to a lot of rock concerts after three months without sleep, stabbed himself in the heart. Okay. I mean, that's not really where the sound is coming from, I guess. <laughs> he got right to the heart of the issue. Good one, boss. <laughs> All that devil's rock music allowed a demon into my heart. <laughs> so yeah, if you suffer from tinnitus, there's support out there and you aren't alone, but you'll just have to come to terms with the fact that you'll it will probably never go away. You could go to where I, where I used to work and get some holistic medicine for it. Mm -hmm. Tumor coil, very good. <laughs> and there's several different forms of tinnitus, but I I suffer from tinnitus, and I found a recording that sounds pretty much exactly like mine. So we're going to preview what what I hear pretty much nonstop Ow. all day. God, yours is a lot higher pitched than mine. Ow. Um, yeah, the ones I hear are much quieter than that. Yeah, yeah, mine's not this loud, but it is that pitch. Yeah, that's pretty close. So yeah. Tinnitus. It's fun. It's like a tiny emergency broadcast. <laughs> Everything's wrong all the time. <laughs> emergency! Emergency! See, wouldn't you guys rather have the hum? <laughs> I mean, I guess. So this next story is a great story, and it takes place during the Cold War. So to put it mildly, mildly, there was a lot of skullduggery going on during the Cold War. And, tomfoolery. <laughs> and Sweden, being Sweden, just wanted to be left out of it. Their Navy patrolled to make sure no one was sneaking up on them, and they picked up noises that sounded a lot like Soviet subs. They told the Soviets they needed to stay out, and the Soviets were all, we haven't come anywhere near you. Then, in 1981, a Soviet sub ran ashore in Sweden. <laughs> Oops. <laughs> Hey, no. <laughs> the Soviets went, uh, we got turned around. Is this not TARDIS? No? Could you help us get unstuck? <laughs> so the Swedes begrudgingly decided to help the sub get back in the water. But every time the Soviets made another excuse about being there, the Swedes responded with resounding, hmm. <laughs> hey, now. 
So the Swedes wanted to give the Soviets the benefit of the doubt, but they were more than a little suspicious at this point, and they kept kind people. And they kept hearing these damn noises. Some of the Navy ships recorded the sound and reported bubbles breaking on the surface directly above the sound, which had to be a sub. <laughs> In 1982, they deployed multiple ships, subs, and helicopters to try and catch the Soviets in the act, but no luck. For over 15 years, the Swedish Navy fruitlessly chased the subs hither and yon. Uh, Sweden's about to look real foolish. <laughs> in 1991, the Soviet Union collapsed, and still the sounds persisted. <laughs> Damn Sweden Russian. is super paranoid. <laughs> In 1994, the Swedish prime minister sent a note to the Russian president, Boris Yeltsin, saying, seriously, man, enough, get your damn subs out of our water. And the president was all, what subs? Then, in 1996, Professor Magnus Wahlberg started analyzing the sounds to track them down. He actually didn't think it was a sub. He ran a bunch of tests, did experiments, and finally identified the source of the sound. Turns out that herrings can't see very well in the dark, so they communicate <laughs> with each other by swallowing air and farting it out, making tiny popping sounds. Uh, nature, you're a wonder. <laughs> Get a few thousand of them together, and it sounds not that dissimilar from sub sounds. Nice. <laughs> I've been paranoid about fish farts this whole time. <laughs> so Wahlberg won an Ig Nobel Prize for his discovery, and the phenomenon was called fast repetitive ticks, or farts for short. <laughs> Did Sweden write Russia an apology note? <laughs> One would hope. Well, but come on, like you're like, oh, we don't, we, we are not having any of our submarines except on your beach one time. <laughs> <laughs> Well, Sweden's going, well. <laughs> okay, so now we're getting into the creepy ones. First, skyquakes. Have you heard of these? No. <laughs> All right. Well, I hadn't, and if you look it up online, skyquakes are described as an unexplained boom coming from the sky, like cannon fire or a thunderclap. This is like describing a person screaming for their life as a sort of whistling. <laughs> From my reading, I was curious enough to look into it more, and once I found some recordings, I knew I had to include them in this episode. If I were standing outside and I heard this sound coming from the sky, I'd be like, well, clearly I was wrong. There is a god, and this is the apocalypse. I wonder <laughs> if it's probably displeased you. <laughs> I would describe these as a sort of War of the World screech. So let's listen to some real quick. We have a few of them. Stop. What is it? What? Sounds like a B-52 bomber coming in. Where is it coming from? Where? I've never heard out like it. <laughs> I don't like it. <laughs> I've never heard out like this before. Huh. That is very ominous. Sounds like ships. Horns. Oh, that sounds like an air conditioner. Oh, God. <laughs> what on earth? <laughs> what? Jesus. Exactly. It's raising my hackles. <laughs> 
These are alien noises. Yeah. These are the noises aliens make. Oh, God. <laughs> Do not be alarmed. God is testing his THX system. <laughs> that and that's real bizarre yeah bizarre. welcome to skyquake this is what you play when the monster rises out of the ooze <laughs> yeah right i think they use that exact sound in one of the the conjuring movies <laughs> so, yeah super creepy no one really knows what these are but they've been reported as far back as 1824 man was not meant to understand <laughs> these, sean it's the angels playing <laughs> <laughs> Sometimes people track them down as an angle grinder on a construction site and the sounds are bouncing off a cloud or something equally improbable. Oh, that's the cloud I keep hearing about. <laughs> but most of the time, they don't know what it is. Some, Weather balloon. <laughs> some people think it could be meteors passing overhead. Some people think that these are the sounds of earthquakes that are bouncing around in the atmosphere. Volcanic eruptions, escaping gas, extremely angry and large ghosts. No one can really say for sure. <laughs> It's the ghost riders in the sky. Yeah. And lastly, I wanted to talk about a little thing that were made by the Aztecs. Now, religious sacrifice isn't anything new, but I don't think any culture could stack up to the Aztecs. They had a whole menagerie of deities, and most of them liked blood and plenty of it. Oh, everybody needs blood, Sean. Yeah. <laughs> Did the seasons change? Sacrifice. Long drought? Sacrifice. Lose a ball game? Sacrifice. <laughs> when a new building was done, instead of breaking a champagne bottle over it, they'd slaughter a few hundred people. In fact, one of the main reasons the Aztecs would start wars was to collect up enough people to keep their sacrifice machine churning. <laughs> the heck are we going to get all these sacrifices? <laughs> Drained of blood, skinned alive, their victims were stabbed, eaten, and even had their still-beating hearts ripped from their chests. The Aztecs were really into death. <laughs> they depicted their gruesome gods in their artwork, and they kept score of Kalachli with vertebrae. So when architects would find little skull carvings, that was on canon for the Aztecs, so they would get cataloged and file them away. But a few years ago, some researchers noticed that these little skulls were hollowed out in a particular way and looked kind of like a whistle. They blew through <laughs> them, and I'm assuming just about shat themselves when these little yeah. skulls screamed like a human being torn apart. <laughs> I've heard, I've seen these before. They're terrifying. <laughs> Once they knew the, the, what they were looking for, archaeologists found these whistles all over the damn place. Oh, God, they're everywhere. <laughs> It appears that they were used during sacrifices to properly set the mood. <laughs> All right, now I want you to scream like this. Me, 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 me. <laughs> and they may have had hundreds of them on the battlefield to freak the fuck out of their enemies. So let's have a listen to these, shall we? I don't want to. <laughs> They're awful. It's like one of those train whistles that you give to kids. <laughs> Of the sacrifices. <laughs> yeah, so that's a that's a, an instrument. You're killing the whistle. <laughs> Quote unquote. <laughs> now, don't listen to these in a dark place it's, by yourself. Sounds <laughs> like a janky haunted house. <laughs> Goodness gracious.
Aztecs, the goth kids of the cultural <laughs> cafeteria. <laughs> so bad. So that was all the stories that I had. Anybody have any good stories involving sound, sound stories? I mean, I'm, I'm pretty sure I got tinnitus doing the whole concert thing. Yeah. On the ship, there's a thing called a Sea Whiz that's a <laughs> missile defense. <laughs> yeah, get it out of your okay. system. I'm good. But it's basically like a really big minigun with uh, sensors on it. And it's it's meant that if there's like a missile coming in, it'll automatically target track and shoot down the missile. Oh, wow. And they tested them once. Like they're supposed to give warnings, like tell everybody to get out to get inside mm-hmm. when they're going to test these things. And we didn't get the warning. One day. <laughs> no. So it went off like a, a deck above my head. Oh. And it was so loud. <laughs> like it wasn't even a sound anymore. It was like just a feeling in my head. <laughs> whole body resonated my teeth with it. shaking together. <laughs> Yeah, I, I definitely have tinnitus and it, it it's weird because mine kind of comes and goes and it, it it's weird. But if I'm a, like not around any sounds, like if there's a lot of silence, my tinnitus will pick up and it will also pick up if I listen to like really crappy recordings of something. So if I have like a bad pair of headphones or I'm listening to a podcast that was recorded very badly, even some of our early podcasts will set me off. Like, yeah, it'll it'll pick up in my ears. And once it picks up, it's a couple days before it dulls back down to just a low roar. Huh. Now, whenever I get it, it's, it just happens for like a second or two, and then it's gone. Oh, see, I'm, I'm constantly ringing, and if I don't hear the ringing, it unnerves yeah. me. <laughs> it goes it in and out me for now. me. Yeah. A lot of people uh, suffer from the old tinnitus. Let's see if I have any other, like a sound that really creeped me out or something. Yeah, sounds just sort of the background of my life. I don't like the sound of sand being scraped across school tile <laughs> God. By, by shoes. Yeah. Metal on metal is the one that gets me. Yeah. Sean don't like ice. Yeah. The sounds of ice. Really, like, if somebody chews ice or even worse, if like somebody is like scraping ice, like off their car window. Oh man, that sound. As we've discussed in the past, I really don't like mouth sounds. The sounds of people chewing. That'll, that'll set me off. It's not creepy or anything, but just makes my hackles go up. What about good noises? Uh, yeah, lots of good noises. I can't say that I really buy too much of the ASMR thing. I've tried it out, but it, it just... I know Andy does. Yeah. Well, it only works on some people. Or, yeah. Very not a buy thing. Right, yeah. Although, no, like, it just doesn't really work on me. I wish it did, but... When I was looking for ASMR videos, there's several people that I'm like, I'm never listening to this again because they talk like this. <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah. And I'm like, get whatever is in your mouth out of there. <laughs> it's like you're putting it in my ears. <laughs> Yeah, I don't know. I can't really think of any like just really satisfying sounds that I that I like. What is my favorite noise? That's a weird question. <laughs> I like crickets a lot. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's a good sound. Frogs are good. Yeah. I think, uh, I guess it's worth noting. So babies are supposed to really like white noise. Mm-hmm. And so we got all these like white noise makers for our baby when she came because it's supposed to calm them down and everything. Didn't work at all. Yeah. <laughs> And so yeah. we're sitting in this room dealing with this shh, shh, and uh, she's still screaming and we can't sleep. And it was just a nightmare. <laughs> I've always seen good results of the white noise in babies. Uh, she likes, like, we found a track of actual music that she likes that has a really low tone to it. But white noise is not her thing. She's playing her elephant conversation. Ice tea's <laughs> cop killer. Yeah, I, I, I don't know if she likes it so much as if it's Pavlovian at this point that her her grandma puts on that track every time she puts her down for a nap. So we've just adopted it every time she goes to sleep. Whatever works. Yeah. Well, if nobody has any more personal stories, we'll move on to what are your morals worth? So pretty simple today. How much to go deaf? 
To no. go deaf? You, yep. you are going to give me $5 million. Yeah. <sighs> I have to learn sign language. You get a whole new culture, though. Yeah, you would. But it wouldn't stop the tinnitus or the hum. It's true. That's all you'd have left. I really I like, like music. Yeah. Now I'm going to up that even more. $500 million. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this is probably the first one that I'm going to have to bow out of. Like, if you just told me that money was no longer an option, that I could just go anywhere yeah. and have anything for the rest of my life, I still don't think it'd be worth it. I mean, sound, yeah, sound is a big one. Like, probably less than sight, but yeah. more than taste and smell. Yeah, I'm at like 100 million. Yeah. Yeah, you wouldn't have to pay me very much to get rid of my sense of s- smell or taste. Yeah, get rid of my sense of taste. I'll just eat healthier. Yeah. And sight? I'd, I'd probably do sight, but yeah, I, I don't think do I could do sight over hearing. Yeah, I, I definitely would do sight over hearing. Sean is really sound oriented. Yeah. I like it too much. I would easily lose my hearing before I lose my sight. Yeah. Yeah, if it came down to the choice, but <laughs> touch has got to be up there too. Because if I can't feel anything, then I don't know if I'm dying. Yeah, that's a that's an important one. I liked the five million at first, but the hundreds of millions sounded better. <laughs> <laughs> I'll go with a hundred million. Yeah. All right. Well, I think that's all we've got for this week. Thanks for tuning in, and we'll see you next time. Bye. Thanks to my co-hosts, and thank you so much for tuning in today. If you would like more information about today's episode check out our website at acidpoppodcast.podbean.com. You can also find us on Twitter at acidpoppodcast and contact us at acidpoppodcast at gmail.com. Be sure to like, subscribe, and give us all the stars you can. Stay safe out there, and we'll see you next week. Fish farts. The best red herring the Soviets ever got. I'm Sean, and this is Acid Pop. Sorry, Did you just move it. into laugh? Well, you always tell me to move into laugh. <laughs> I'm, I will cover my That was great. <laughs> what happened? Oh, I, I did my intro, and Kelly moved in to laugh over the top of it. He's always yelling at me to laugh into the mic. <laughs> Maybe you taught her too well. <laughs> okay, here we go again.